Welcome to the Let That Go Show with Kasira McKee and Richard Skipper. This show is based on Kasira's book, Let That Go, where she guides people in completely blessing and releasing people, places, and all kinds of things. Kasira and Richard share personal insights and experiences based on concepts in Kasira's book with guests and you, their co-hosts. Are you ready to let that go? Let's go. Hello, Kasira. Hello. You've got lights on your head. Uh-huh. Hang on a minute. Hang on. I, I'm going to give everybody a light show. Hang on. Okay, so I'm going to do this so that I don't give anyone a seizure. However, here's the other two choices. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Here. There's oh, that, which is super distracting. And then there's this, and then there's this, as as if I'm not already distracting enough. Uh, And then there's this, but I'm going to just, how cute is that? I love it. Can you put a menorah? Uh, Actually, I I call it uh, Lady Liberty on acid or Lady Liberty in a disco. Disco Lady Liberty. Because tomorrow's the first day of. Here's my book. Here's the book. And I don't know. Here's a pair of scissors for the uh, wand. So here you go. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> happy Hanukkah. Happy. Happy Hanukkah. Shalom. Um, I do have a lot of, lot of, lot of, a lot of friends and a couple of nieces that do celebrate Hanukkah. I've kind of, I have not put, I put, I mean, I don't put attention to really any holiday going cuckoo with it, but yes. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, happy you. Merry me. Christmas. I, well, I don't me. have the time. Sorry. I re- I've overcommitted myself, and I'm very I'm quite aware of it, and uh, I'm pulling back on some expectations, which is what the show is about today. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, last yeah. night, I went to a Christmas show in the city. Doris Deer, who many of you have seen on some of my shows, uh, uh-huh. Ray Forest, did an incredible Christmas show last night in the city. It was really nice. And then I went to church this morning, and it was really a nice, wonderful service. And he he did this, uh, Reverend Steve, who I love, uh, did this wonderful talk. And he talked about Joseph and the relationship of Joseph and Mary. Mm-hmm. And what I love about him is he, he steps outside the traditional way of we look at the story. Mm-hmm. And he looked at Joseph. He made me look at Joseph through different eyes. And all of us have a Joseph in our uh, lives. When you think about Joseph and Mary in the traditional way that we look at Joseph and Mary, you look at this, obviously he was older than Mary when he married her. And when he married her, shortly after he marries her, she is now with child. And then, you know, as we know, it's as we have been taught to believe, it's an immaculate conception. But think of the... uh, you know the the way that people looked at this couple. Obviously, an older man with a, uh, with a a young a child bride, if you will, who is now with child, and could she? And now we're looking at this through the eyes of today. Could she have been raped? Could she have had an out of wedlock marriage? All these perceptions that go with what that could have been, and he just wanted us to look at 
this idea of this marriage and the way we look at this through fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. It was just a, an amazing way of looking at this story. And that's not to take away from the holy story as we know it. Of course. Of course. Um, but uh, it was just uh, it was just an incredible uh, sermon this morning. And it made me, you know, and it made me, it was weepy for me because we all have ways of looking at certain things. And you and I both know things are not, and it will bring us to our topic du jour today, things are not black and white. Things are not the way that we expect them to be. And as life goes on, one thing that we all learn about ourselves is life is fluid and we need to be fluid with it. Otherwise, we are going to come up with overcommitment mm -hmm. uh, and we are going to, <laughs> and when we get overcommit, <laughs> excuse me, Overcommitted. Maybe your throat's overcommitted. You need a drink of water. No, Please take one. When we get overcommitted, <laughs> when we become overcommitted, um, mm -hmm. that's when the quote unquote, and I put this in air quotes, stress factors uh, come in. And that's the, the stress. The stress, as you know, as you and I, we talk about it, you and I talk about it all the time. The stress is a result of overcommitting. Mm hmm. And I've told you, you know, I work in the medical field and I've told most of my staff that I work with, you know, I had this book. And when you say you're exasperated or I say I'm exasperated or frustrated, it's and we're stressed out. It's because we committed to this and we didn't we possibly when we started working here or working in this industry, we didn't know how overcommitted we were going to be expected to be. There's a high expectation. And I guarantee you, anybody who works most jobs these days, especially corporate corporate day gigs, are overcommitted. We really, they say, oh, you're going to do this, this, and this. Okay. When we get there, there's a bigger, much bigger list. Oh, yeah, and you're going to do this. I'm like, well, shoot, I didn't know I was signing up for that. Okay, but it's part of the job. You know, uh, there's a lot to be said. You know, there's this big, uh, there's a huge uh, public opinion going on, as you know. Uh, people just don't want to work. They just don't want to work. They just don't want a job. That's not true. There's the the number one industry lacking in employees is service. Period. Service. In restaurants. In uh, front desk medical situations. In uh, any service industry. People don't want to deal with it anymore because ex I think in America, I can't speak for any other country, but I think in America, the expectations of the average employee is way too more than they're getting paid for. Well, right now, it's way too more. I don't and, know if you are aware of this, but the nursing industry, there's a big, uh, they may, the nurses may be going on strike. Uh, well, they're they're exhausted. They're worn out. They're worn out. They're worn out. You know exactly. And and, and, and it looks like the prediction is, you know, they're dealing with new variants of now COVID and viruses, right? And the prediction is there's going to be more. There's just going to be one strain after another going forward, and they're pooped. Now I know I had two former coworkers from my medical office 
who have now gone into nursing, thank goodness. New Mexico does have a shortage of doctors and nurses. Uh, yet <clears throat> the the pay they get paid a whole lot more than they would in a medical office, yet the expectations are high. And imagine how that, that feels during a holiday season when you've got all these other expectations, if you have children, if you have grandchildren. If the family has a, you know, a holiday tradition of getting together every year and doing a family, it's a lot. It's a lot, you know, not just fulfilling your 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 um, vocational duties. And if you don't, you'll get written up. If you don't. And then uh, that's on top of it. I think we've become a, a society of it's just over expectations from people, some superiors. And if you don't meet those over expectations they'll 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 take action and they don't care what you think that if you have an interview they don't care what you think what do you have to say to that well i don't agree well it's too bad we're writing you up anyway that's pretty much the culture right now <laughs> this afternoon i was watching an episode of mike and molly and oh, molly gosh. was applying for a job and she goes in and Mo, remember uh, Mo that was with Kathy and the Jimmy, uh, you know. Oh, God, I love, I met her. And I, I love her. Hysterical. So uh -huh. Molly goes in uh, to apply for this job and she goes, um, there are no jobs. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be laid off next week. And uh, I'm letting you know that uh, I'm here uh, just to uh, appease you, but there are no jobs. I'm being laid off. And so Molly feels sorry for her. And she, mm -hmm. she says, here, here's some money. Go and have lunch on me. Mm -hmm. She said, I'm going to spend this on liquor. <laughs> and, Molly okay. says, and Molly says, well, that's what I would spend it on too. It, it was, but it was a very funny scene, but it's based on reality because yeah. that's what we're all going through right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I remember after 9-11, uh, I worked in an, in an industry-only uh, antique showroom just a few years down from Serendipity. And after 9-11, I got laid off in October. And that was the one of the bleakest Christmases I've ever, just as far as even me just taking care of myself or having a Christmas myself. You know what I mean? And that early on, even before I wrote this book, I learned about Christmas expectations. I would like to tell a story from New York around Christmas, if I can, that had me change my whole attitude and outlook on any holiday ever. So uh, I was working on Wall Street and a friend of mine, my roommate, uh, was as well. And we met at the train station to go uptown to a Buddhist meeting together. We're going uptown. I can't remember what train it was. And this is December, you guys. This is Christmas. We're on the train. And suddenly that this this uh home this homeless guy on major drugs got on the car. Now we've all done haven't you experienced that in New York, Richard? I mean I think everybody has. Yeah, everybody's had it happens you know, last drug night. addicts on a on a car. Well, these two African-American men were really annoyed by him. And all of a sudden, one of them pulls out a gun and aims it at this guy. No. 
just a few feet front of me and everybody went, oh, you know, well, this older African-American woman very bravely says, put it away. Jesus Christ, don't do it's Christmas. Don't do this. And the guy refused to put it away. So with my <laughs> with my organizational Buddhist people moving training. <laughs> so I look at my friend and I said, what are we going to do? He goes, I'm going to sit here and chant. And what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go up. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to move everybody in this car to the back. And that's exactly what I did. I said, everybody get up and go to the back of the car. And everybody in that car, and it was after work, it was during rush hour, moved to the back of the car. So it's in a, in a little clumped up, you know, uh, sardine can group. I said, everybody just stay here until this is over with. I said, okay. So finally, the guys finally at one stop got off the train. And then I think the next stop, the drug addict got off the train. Yeah. And I said, and I was, listen, I worked, I worked really, I worked hard and was very overcommitted on Wall Street and was not paid near enough to keep up with New York rent and bills and blah, blah, blah. And I lived paycheck to paycheck. My roommate was going out of town for Christmas to see his family. I did not have the income to do that. So I was left alone in Brooklyn with no money on Christmas. And let me tell you something, surviving that had me have a whole other outlook on life in general it really i'm like oh you know i'm 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 feeling sorry for myself now again this is in the 90s but this is not you know this is not now yet i i said you know it just really doesn't have anything to do with christmas or easter or any holiday it has to do with my life and i am so happy to be alive right now that i don't freaking care <laughs> When you, when you and I watched cable on Christmas, I had a sandwich and I watched cable all day and I was perfectly happy because I was alive, you know, and that was a really big lesson for me about what, how we're, how we're expected to feel exactly. on a holiday like Christmas, what we're expected to eat, what we're, we're expected to do. Well, are you doing anything on Christmas? No. As a matter of fact, it's my one day off. Uh, and I'm going to sleep late and then I'm going to get up and watch some sort of parade and have my traditional holiday midday Bloody Mary or whatever. And I'm and I might go back and take another nap. I don't know. Yet it's about it's about me and how I feel and how I'm taking care of myself. It's not about how any any anybody mm -hmm. expects uh, you know, expects us to go have there, there's some, here's here's the opinion I'm getting lately. You're not spending Christmas with someone. You're not going. Nobody's invited you to their house. I said, I didn't say that. I said, I'm going to stay home and be really quiet. And I'm going to take care of myself because here's the deal. It's not that we're being selfish. I want to, I want to make that clear. Us deciding to take care of ourselves instead, if it's an instead, is the lo most loving thing we can do, especially mm -hmm. at times like this. What were you going to say, Richard? No, when you started to tell the story, as the story was unfolding, before you even got to the subway aspect of it, uh -huh. you said after that you had been laid off from serendipity, or uh, no, 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 no that uh, was this is before I was laid off. Uh, I this know incident, that. 
I this know incident that. happened way before it was laid off, but I was laid off after 9-11 in October, on October 19th, and I worked in an antique showroom just a I few doors that. down from Serendipity. What I'm saying okay. is that you were saying that that Christmas was one of the bleakest Christmases before this even happened. Mm -hmm. And the, what started running through my head was why? Was it well, I'm going to tell you why. Because most of New York was jobless after 9-11. Uh, but again, well, hang on, hang on. I went to, uh, I put, I gave my resume to, I'm not kidding you, 21, 21, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, job placement services in New York. Adventures. And what well, offices that placed people, they had stacks and stacks and stacks of resumes on all their desks. I'm not ex exaggerating. And they all said, um, we don't have enough, we don't have any jobs for anybody. Everybody's been laid off. Uh, companies went kaput after 9-11 in New York. Every, tons of people got laid off. I, I don't even know how many thousands of people got laid off. I got I did get a job offer for for less for what I for what I did. I got a job offer for less than what I was making on unemployment. And I said no. So, you know, I was on unemployment for a while. And then, and then, but, but see, people don't know this about what we went through after 9-11 in New York. There were no, there were very little jobs. Um, I, I was willing to do something else that I'd never done before, yet they still wanted you to have experience. And even when we started healing in New York, uh, they wanted more experience. And they wanted degrees I didn't have to give you, a, to give one a job for 25 a year. 25,000 a year gross in New York. You can't, if you're single and you're on your own, one cannot afford that in New York. So, you know, that's why it was bleak for me. Plus hearing about all it was, it was more of a, you know, for me, it was a collective consciousness thing because it was more of a, uh, like I knew I wasn't alone yet. I was alone because the, my friends who had jobs did not, connect with me and did not feel uh, any sort of connection with me about what I was going through. I think I had one friend who was going through the same thing and that was it, but nobody, it was like, no, I, I lost some friends at that time because they didn't want to talk about it. They weren't going through it and they weren't bleak. They had money and they didn't want to, they didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to talk about it. Well, we're all in this together, people. I so, don't want to out a friend. Uh, hopefully I won't. Uh, I know that she's not watching, but I received a Christmas letter. Uh-huh. Warm letter that went to a lot of people. And it was one of the saddest Christmas letters that I've ever read in my life about the mm -hmm. year that she's had. Um, the letter also, she has a birthday that is very close to, uh, and I'm going to, talk about the flip side of all this in just a moment. Um, her birthday is um, Christmas week. Okay. And because her birthday is Christmas week, mm -hmm. and I've heard this song and dance for years and years and years, I'm always alone on my birthday because everybody has parties and no one thinks of me. So the flip side of this is, hmm. you know, we all... When it comes to expectations, mm -hmm. we all 
also have the power to create our own new traditions. Yes, absolutely. All, for ourselves. For, for ourselves. ourselves. Um, and she she obviously has, I mean, bless her heart, yet she obviously has expectations of what she ha expects other people to do in her honor. Waiting for someone to call her and make those things happen. Yeah. You know, you've given me an idea that I'm going to act on for the for next Christmas. Okay. Um, uh, and and I, I don't want to talk about it out loud because I don't want anyone to run with this idea. But mm -hmm. I, I think, well, maybe I will tell it out loud. I think it would be a great idea to put a book together of Christmas expectations, of the expectations that people have had, of low points. Because, I mean, I have, throughout my life, I've told, the, even on this show, of when the Thanksgiving, the year I had uh, hepatitis, and I was alone in Virginia watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on a little tummy TV. Remember those? Yes, um, yes. Uh, you know, this little black and white TV that was yes, like this. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, it's a that's called a camping TV. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> but I called it a tummy TV. Uh, mm -hmm. Feeling sorry for myself. Uh, uh -huh. You know, and that Christmas, uh, you know, because... You know, the day after, uh, you know, on the uh, Tuesday uh, after Thanksgiving, my parents mm -hmm. came up to uh, Virginia to get me. And that Christmas, uh, because I was home, my parents did not want me to be alone on Christmas as much as I wanted to be alone because I was in such agony. They took me to my grandparents and I was in the back bedroom uh, while this party was going on, not wanting to be there. But again, my parents did not want me to be alone, even though I was alone in this room there. Um, I, you know, one uh, year on Thanksgiving performing, I told this story where uh, at a dinner theater where I performed through two shows only mm -hmm. to find that there was no Thanksgiving dinner for me after that uh, performance. All the, I mean, and a lot of uh, performers uh, mm -hmm. are on the road. Uh, performing mm -hmm. at Thanksgiving, Christmas. Uh, I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. Uh, where you're away from your families and mm -hmm. everything. Been there. Um, again, uh, you know, and we are also, um, I mean, Hallmark has made a cottage industry uh, out of feeding people 24-7 what their holidays should be. Supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. What it's supposed to look well, like. Well, I mean, the, well, everybody, the media does that. Yes, of course. The media does that. But here's what's so funny. I do know people and families that get together. I've been to their homes for Christmas and they really all, they're, they're kind of hallmarky. I mean, because they have big families and they have a lot of grown children and now they got a couple of grandchildren and it's marvelous and they look fabulous and they wear their sweaters, you know, and they make it happen because they like it. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's the, for these families, I know these families. It's not an expectation. It's because they really desire to do it. It's not a requirement. They really desire to do it. And I've been, when I lived in Dallas, where I have so many friends and extended family, um, I was invited to lots of stuff all the time in the holidays. Here, I don't know so many. People are very different in Santa Fe. Uh, just so you know, <laughs> Santa Fe is a place of natives. and a lot of retired people come here mm -hmm. and I've met a lot of people that move here because they want to be alone. 
they're not social people. And this is a really, if you don't want to be sociable and you want to hide in a beautiful landscape in a city that's a little smaller, you know, than your major big cities in America, this is the place to come. I'm a social butterfly and I'm not having that experience here. And I've accepted that that's the way Santa Fe is. So I, as you know, I do a lot. Uh, I, I am slightly overcommitted and I'm dealing with it. Uh, right now it's about creating income. Uh, because as you and I know, Richard, we, we give this show. We don't get paid for this show. Thankfully, you have, you have contributors, um, that pay for you to do everything, including this show. I don't get paid for it and I've accepted it because I'm so, well, hang on a minute. I'm so, I love my book so much and I teach people so many fantastic things and tools to let go of things that it's, I'm okay with it. I've made peace with it because I believe in, I believe in it. I believe in the work I do and I believe in your interest in the work because you, you've gotten it now. You've, you got, you got what I teach, right? So, I it, but I will, I want to put that out there. Uh, I yeah. don't, I mean, I have a couple of people out there who, yes. have, helped, uh, who have helped out in yes. other ways. Thank you. Money. Thank you for help. Yes. Thank you but for, thank you for helping Richard. Just thank you for your support that. for Richard. Thank you. Yes. 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 So, so on the other side of it is I make up for it by working overtime in the medical industry. So I, I am a little overcommitted and not, and not, I have not carved out time to create something else. I will say that. I will totally admit to that. Yet the expectations that I have for what you and I do is high for me, you know, because it, it, it requires it. It re, What we talk about is, yes, we have fun and we joke around and our beautiful people that watch all the time joke around. And I love that. It, it, it lifts the, sometimes the subjects are really heavy and it lifts them up. Um, yet what we're talking about, about letting go is kind of serious. It's kind of a serious subject of what we're holding on to because oftentimes, especially holding on to expectations, it's detrimental to our, to our life experience. Don't you think Richard? Absolutely. I try, I'm trying to keep up with all of our it's not just holiday expectations either. It's all these other expectations. And it's really, I sometimes feel like it's like humanly impossible to keep up with them. It is. And I want to add, I, I'm glad you just said that because there's something else that goes on at this time of year. Mm -hmm. Um, as we get to December, we are constantly reminded. Uh, because all of the top 10 lists come out, uh, the top 10 uh, best movies, the top 10 best shows, uh, the award season starts coming out. So we're seeing um, we're seeing the top of the top of the top of the top of the top uh, that's constantly being uh, pushed in front of us. And those of us who are artists, um, a lot of people feel a little bit less than. And it's not just artists, because what's also going on right now mm -hmm. is at this time of year, and this goes into the expectation mold, mm -hmm. uh, people are thinking, did I live up to my expectations of the year? 
Did I? Oh, yeah. And people are also setting expectations for the next year. So people are setting a bar sometimes for themselves. You know, how many people go, I'm going to lose those 40 pounds, you know, in January. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do these things. And uh, it becomes, uh, you know, people set expectations that they truly cannot live up to because they have they don't have the mindset to make those things happen. Uh, I mean, some people don't have the metabolism of looking like an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, it, their bodies are not built that way. And they over they overcommit themselves with the expectations of themselves, and, and then that's why I don't believe in resolutions. I I say to the universe, okay, it would be nice if in the next year this I could co-create this. This would be great. I have manifested some things lately on behalf of other people that I work with in the environment that I work in by just a thought. And I'll tell you about it later. I don't want to get into it because legally I can't get into it. Yet there are some things we desire and required in my work environment in the medical field that I simply said, we've got to have this. And it showed up. Including new employees. Human beings said, oh, I'll play that role. Here I am. Yeah, just by a thought. Because it benefits everyone. It benefited everyone. So that's the other subject I want to get into about expectations. It's really important. It's not to me when we're working in our collective consciousness. It's not about me, just me, receiving what I desire and require. It's not about you just receiving what you desire and require. It's about everyone winning. Everyone has to win. Somehow. Because we're all one, really. So mm -hmm. whatever we desire and require, I encourage people to think about how is this going to benefit other people? So if I, if I win, if I receive what I desire and require, how's that going to benefit other people? Is it just going to make me happy or is it going to make others happy as well? Is it going to contribute to their, the positive side of their life experience? And I notice that when I manifest certain things, that certain things just go boom because it, it benefits everyone else in the environment. Think about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. We're all in it together. So well, Richard, everyone knows that at my end, end of my shows, I always say go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Yeah. However, so, we yeah. are all human and uh -huh. we do. I mean, it's hard to separate that we do expect something in return. Um, I do believe that all people, because it, it's part of our human nature that we everybody wants acknowledgement. Everybody. Everybody wants to be acknowledged for who they are and what they are and how. I, okay, so can I just can I just jump in? Yes. There's an there's a difference between acknowledgement and appreciation. Mm -hmm. Those are two different things. I don't really care if I'm acknowledged, yet I would like to be appreciated because mm -hmm. they're not necessarily the same thing. 
Okay. You know, the difference between I see you did that and I so appreciate what you did is two different things. And often in the corporate world or the everyday civilian job world, people say, I thank you for finishing this. Not thank you for the good job you did. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I don't expect it. I say, wouldn't it be nice if I were appreciated? Wouldn't it be nice if? Yet I don't say, I expect appreciation and I expect acknowledgement. I mean, you get, you and I do get acknowledged a lot. And I have to say that people, you, we, we get, we are appreciated. We get that. But a lot of people don't get the appreciation. They, they're acknowledged for being alive and doing a job, yet they're not necessarily, it's not necessarily communicated that they're actually appreciated. But don't you find that you, that you, Find out that you are appreciated in ways that you don't even realize that you're being appreciated. I don't worry. I don't really worry about it. I'm not concerned about it. No, I'm not asking I'm you to about it, but that it just pops up in unexpected ways. Sometimes. Most of the time, here's it throughout my adult life, I've been expected, I've realized I have a, I have a, you know, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid to talk in front of a group of people, obviously. I'm a performer. And, I'm bold and I'm a survivor. So I found out uh, in my adult life that people who know me expect me to be okay no matter what. People are not concerned about me ever unless I say, hey, I'm concerned. I got this going on. And then and then they go, oh, oh, you, you, you need some energy? You need, you need some good energy? Oh, you're concerned? Okay. I have, I don't know if it's my personality or the way I come about, but most people expect me to be okay anyway. My dad has, my dad and my mom, we, they have two children. My father said to me, I don't know, a year or two ago, I don't have to worry about you. You always land on your feet. Somehow you always make it happen. I don't have to worry about you. And then I thought, oh, maybe I'm not communicating appropriately. <laughs> well, I've got something big going on. And I'd like my dad to be a little, and now he is so supportive. I can call him anytime. I'm like, dad, this is what's going on. And he's a retired therapist, by the way. Hello. So he, and he'll talk with me about anything it doesn't even matter what it is and it's fantastic hey can i can we shed some light on something that natasha said yes she said something about her grandmother can we go back and highlight that is that the one or there's another yes. one natasha lombardi hi natasha i'm so sorry you were ill and i just am so glad that you feel better yes i but have a uh, can i ask a question of natasha and then i want to stop yeah. Uh, yes. Natasha, first of all, I'm so glad that you're feeling better. I want to acknowledge yeah. that. Uh, Natasha was going to do uh, our Friday wrap-up show on mm -hmm. uh, Friday. Mm -hmm. um, Natasha, I sent you the information. I just want to make sure that you received it. Um, I, I'm glad that you're feeling better. Just acknowledge whether or not you received it, because I don't know if I sent it to the right address or not. So if you can just let me know. Um, just to know that I do have the right address 
So let me know that. That's all I ask. Thank okay. you. Okay. Uh, she says, my grandmother loved Christmas and Thanksgiving. She cooked a huge dinner every year. She had 17 children and loved cooking. Well, first of all, she had 17 children. Can we just acknowledge that? And you said she lived to be 107. My grandmother, as we, as you guys know, we've talked about it. My fraternal grandmother produced Christmas for years, every year, and Thanksgiving, by the way. Now, other family members would bring this, that, and the other, and casseroles and things like that. But she, here, she was in charge of the turkey and the dressing. Her dressing was so unbelievably delicious, and we didn't even know, uh, we don't even know how she made it because. Uh, she, when she and my grandfather met, she was young and she was the youngest of her brood in Bonham, Texas. And my grandfather's mother taught her how to cook. And they were from the country and they didn't measure anything. So everything she made was just, you know, a little of this and a little of that and a scoop of this and a handful of that. She didn't measure anything and her food was un, she could have opened a diner. She was so amazing. So Natasha, I feel you. And I said before, I believe, uh, that, you know, after my grandmother died, first my grandfather died. After my grandmother died and they had to leave their family home that I told you about that we love so much because my cousin owned it and he sold it. Uh, no more. After years and years, I'm, I'm, I'm talking since I was born, this woman did that. And it was, I believe, in my late 20s when she had to, she's, no, I'm sorry, 30s, maybe almost 40, that she had, she stopped. So my family was spoiled by her since before I was born. I'm going to say 50, 60 years she did that. And then when it stopped, guess what? No one else took the baton. They, she spoiled my whole family and they expected it every year. And we crammed my whole family into a little two bedroom, one bath house. And they loved it. We loved it. Everyone loved it because it was my grandparents. When she died, that tradition was dead. Now, some cousins of mine, as I said before, created new traditions my cousin Bill married a beautiful, wonderful woman who's, who's Mexican-American. And on Christmas Eve, they do, we do Tex-Mex Christmas. It's fantastic. And it's really, really fun. And on Christmas Day, they have leftovers and they go to the movies. Like my, my, my cousin Bill will buy like 10 tickets to a film and we'll all go, we would all go see it in Dallas. That's the new tradition, which I love because it's really, it's not about my family is like, it's not about what we can get from each other. It's about being together because we're all so busy. We're very rarely together, but we know each other really well. But as far as the gift giving is concerned, we decided that it was all about the kids. It was about all about their grandsons, their two grandsons. However, I'd go over and I'd give the, you know, I'd give the kids something or whatever or we, you know, and I would give Bill and Laura something because they're like uh, brothers and sisters to me. Uh, but they would, Laura would always give me this wonderful gift bag full of giveaways to the staff of Neiman Marcus because she worked for them. And I would get these, I got Cartier stationery. I got uh, designer candles and I got, I got all this designer stuff. 
that she was just given to her. And, and I loved it. I'm like, I'll take it. Even if you didn't pay for it, I'll take it. Why? Because it's Cartier, you know. So they started a whole other different tradition, <clears throat> which I really didn't even count on every year. I would just get a phone call and go, hey, come over for Christmas Eve. And then the next day we're going to do this and we're going to go see a movie. I'm like, great, you know. Uh, and it sort of, it, it took years, Natasha. It took years for our family to finally let go of those old days with my grandparents and somebody finally took the reins and uh, you know, and said, okay, we're, this is what we're going to do now. My, now. my parents did too. My, my parents did at some point start a new thing on Christmas day uh, and they were so getting older and they, they really did their best. And if I were there now, we would probably go out to eat now. We would probably, they'd make reservations somewhere and we'd go out to eat. Richard? I love it. I mean, like tonight, I've got friends coming over for dinner. Yeah. Uh, I'm cooking. I've got, I've got a brisket in the oven. I've got uh, uh, just bringing uh, different friends together, sitting around the table, having a conversation from different areas mm -hmm. of my life and Danny's life. That mm -hmm. to me is the uh, we're not exchanging gifts. Um, that's what I want. I mean, Danny and I, uh, you know, is there anything that you want that I, you know, and you know, and we go shopping uh, for clothes um, in, in the days after Christmas, um, and we go and buy what we want uh, when everything's on sale, uh, rather than going crazy trying to figure out what I'm going to like or what he's going to like or anything. And we just mm -hmm. go shopping together. And, uh, you know, I, because I, I mean, first of all, I don't like shopping. Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I love shopping, if, shopping. If, I love it. Even if it's for other people, I just like, I love stuff. Buying but for other just, people, I love, love, love. But yeah. I, mean, I don't like, I mean, the idea of, you know, going through department stores and just going through bins and all that. I don't, I, I, to me, it's, it's boring to me. Huh? Oh, Danielle is here. Hi, Dee. Hello, Dee. Hi, darling. Um, so I, so now, <laughs> so I'm in this uh, medical field. And the the office decided that apparently they do this every year. This is my first Christmas with them. So they do a secret Santa. And I I don't really know a lot of these people well uh, yet. So I was the one of the last people to pick from a jar of like names. And the girl doing it, who I adore, who I won't mention, who I adore, said, okay, if you pick somebody and you don't like it, you can pick somebody else. If you don't know them, I'm like, okay, that's a good idea. So I ended up with the the manager, like the top manager of the office, okay, who I don't really know well, yet I know him. I mean, we work together. So I kind of, he has really good hair. And I kind of said, I, I lied. And I said, my, my nephew is wants to do that with his hair, but he can't seem to do it. What do you use? And he told me the product. And then he said, it's over on aisle. Blah, blah, blah. So the other morning I happened to see him and I said, Hey, can you show me what you use? He goes, yeah, I use this right here. And I said, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm your secret Santa. Let's just, let's just cut the bullshit. 
<laughs> what was his response? He said, craft beer. <laughs> and I said, thank goddess I didn't buy you this stupid hair paste, you know, which you get a discount on and you can get for like $3, you know. Uh, and I said, okay, what do I give you just a no, gift certificate? Craft beer? Is that, I mean, he uses beer on his hair? No, he uses a certain kind of product on his hair, okay. which he can get at a store, which he can go get at a, at a store discount. He said, this is a, he showed me a picture. He goes, this is what I use. And I said, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm your secret standard. What the hell do you want? And he, and he said, uh, craft beer. And I said, okay, what if I just get you, we, we have a budget. We have a budget. No more than $25. I, if somebody gives me a gag gift, I'm going to go, thank you. And then I'm going to just give it to us. I'm going to throw it away. And no gag gifts for Casera. But mm -hmm. listen, listen. So I said, what about, what about a gift certificate to Total Wine and more? He goes, that'll do. <laughs> so I went out last night and got him a gift certificate to Total Wine and more. And you know, what's funny. You know, what's, it's serendipitous, I should say, is that I walked in to the, it's a huge store and it's fabulous. And I see this huge display of craft beer and you can put together a six pack for $8.99 and they've got like every craft beer you could think of in this display. And I'm like, oh, perfect. You know, so I, I'm giving him enough to get a little of like two and a half, six packs of craft beer. I love and, it. And the thing is, you know, I'm like, oh, I, you know, it's not, you know, I don't love the secret Santa thing. However, it's, it's one of the things that I'm doing towards being accepted on the staff because I am not, I'm one of the very few people on the staff that's not a native New Mexican. So I'm making efforts towards fitting in, uh, you know, uh, relating to the rest of the staff, which I feel, I feel like there's been a lack of. And, um, you know, pleasing people when I'm able to. I know when I can please, pe I, I pretty much pre figure out when I can please people and when I can't. So um, I can, in this instance, please someone because it's not about, here's the thing, it's not about me, it's about him being happy with what I give him. You understand? Right. Sharing. And everybody, everybody else is just sort of, buying stuff for people and i just thought i'm gonna get this right darn it hi sherry what's sherry saying go ahead richard she asked if she could do a pull a do-over i would have taken my manager out to lunch not allowed you're not it's a conflict of interest it is mm -hmm. yeah it's we're in 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 the industry of any sort of professional industry wooing they call it wooing people with with stuff like that a social a private social setting is a conflict of interest well um I, i'm gonna say um can i can i tell somebody what i do not want yes <laughs> a um, desire or require no i do not desire or require trump nft cards so if anyone was yes What's an NFT card? What's that? Have you heard about this? No, I don't keep up oh, with him anymore. Trump made an announcement the other day that he has, uh, he was making a big announcement and he now has these, uh, they're called Trump 
NFT cards. Look them up. What are they? Uh, look it up. Uh, Natasha says it's a scam. Um, <laughs> they, they are him as a superhero. Oh, my dear. Oh, like collecting cards? Yes. Now, that's a scam well, right there. That's no, it's not a scam. I mean, anybody can become, make themselves a superhero and, and sell cards. Well, that's just about people who support him wanting his card. It's like baseball cards, but it's him. But he's already gotten millions of dollars on this. Last night, there was a very funny sketch on Saturday Night Live. I cried last Which night. Which I haven't watched yet. Don't Okay, just tell oh. me about this, but don't tell me about the whole well, show. Well, I will tell you this. Last night was yeah. Cecily Strong's last night. And I love she's Cecily. So good. You know, she's a writer for the show. Yeah, but she is so good on the show. I know, and, I know. And she is, uh, now she's gone and... Uh, the guy who played Elvis in the movie, I love him. Uh -huh. uh, and he hosted. He he hosted last night, and I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. I last night I fell in love with Lizzo. Oh, I lo I've loved Lizzo since she first came out with that first song, honey. What? I love that woman. Oh my God! I mean, I listened to her last night, and I mean, she sang a, a, a Christmas song about. I mean, it was really about the real meaning of Christmas, about no wars, everything. She, that's her voice is so powerful. I would love to. I would love for her to do an album of covers, like a classic. 1940s and 50s songs like a, uh, 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 I love mm -hmm. Lizzo. I and am, she's also and and she's also an accomplished and educated flautist. Yes, and yes, she's she's amazing. And what I love about her is that, you know, I had I well, I don't think well there was a time, I, there maybe have been a couple of times when I was working for record deals where I was the right size. Uh, I'm not anymore. I mean, I'm not huge, but I'm not a size four or a six. Lizzo changed all that for everybody. Actually, I I believe the first person that I remember changing that was Mama Cass. And you know, who, you know, remember Mama Cass that was in uh, the Mamas and the Papas. I love Mama Cass, but I will yeah, say I do too. People call me Mama that. Cass, which I'm on the fence about. Yet, um, I you know, uh. Lizzo has changed all that and her she has a reality show if you guys haven't seen it she has a reality show about auditioning and hiring uh ample dancers uh, you've got I don't remember which uh channel provider it's on you have to look it up but she has a reality show where all of these ample dancers start auditioning for her and they go they get cut and they get cut and they get cut and then you get to see whoever was kept do the the first performance. But it's a I real deal. It's a real thing. On the old Cal Burnett show, the variety shows and everything yes. that appeared on, yes. it's oh. painful to watch because they put her in sketches where they Who? made fun uh, of uh -huh. They put her in sketches where they made fun of her weight. And it's terrible. It's painful to watch. I was watching the other night. I was watching uh, an episode of the Andy Griffith show. Oh, good and, Lord. Uh, there was an uh, episode uh, in which the woman was cast 
based on her looks and she was uh, cast as a homely person. Mm-hmm. And the whole show was based on her homeliness. And, uh, but, you know, it's sad that we, you know, that we look back at this. But I also, the other mm-hmm. night I was watching uh, m- one of my favorite episodes of the uh, Andy Griffith show mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Ernest T. Bass. Uh, yes. Where, uh, where he falls in love with uh, uh, Ramona. And uh, Ram- uh, and that was played by Jackie Joseph, who happens to be a friend of mine. So I picked up the phone and I called her and we had a wonderful conversation on the phone. That was like a Christmas gift to myself, just to be able to sit down and talk with her. And, you know, it was I was um, I want to uh, share a wonderful story. I was at church this morning and there was a woman at church. I met this couple uh, they were at the concert that I did uh, two weeks ago, last uh, mm-hmm. last week. And I met this older man and this woman. And I'm sitting and they have a coffee hour after uh, church. So I'm sitting and ch- t- chatting with her this morning. She is 94 and he is 92. And uh, I'm sitting having this wonderful conversation with them. They were having cookies. And I said, um, how long have you been married? She says, we're not married. We shack up. <laughs> Did they you still use that term? She said, we've been shacking up for five years. That's hysterical. <laughs> That's hysterical. Said, Good for you. Uh, I mean, I just fell in love with both of them. We just had the best conversation this morning. And it was just such wonderful. Oh, my God. Well, we're going to wrap up in a few moments. But, um, you know, I love you because, Sarah, you are one of my blessings from the year. Oh, you're one of you're one of my blessings from the last two years. Yes, you're uh, you're just. I I have to tell everybody, the first I reached out to Rich. When did I reach out to you about the Hello Dolly reunion thing? About a year and a half ago. Okay, so I I we we from the Dolly. Okay, this is our 40th anniversary this year. By the way, June will be the 40th anniversary of the, that, that cast that did two tours. We were talking about getting together and having an in-person reunion, yet COVID hit and we couldn't. And so I reached out to another journalist who I won't name and said, hey, would you like to do uh, an interview with the group to honor our, our tours with her? And nothing, no answer. And then by some magical something, I found you. I saw you. I don't know even how. It was on Facebook, I think. And I don't even know why I saw it. Yet I saw that you were a, a Dolly aficionado. And then I, I texted Richard on Facebook and said, hey, we wanted to do this, yet now we physically can't. How would you like to do an interview? And we our first conversation, what was it, like an hour and a half or two hours? I don't know. We we <laughs> we told stories that uh, he was like, oh my god, that really happened. I'm like, he goes, okay, let me tell you what happened on my end. This happened. I'm like, oh god, you know. And we became, I think we became instant friends in that first conversation because after that we started planning. It took me a few months to find everybody. Remember, I I had a problem finding some people, and I did some investigative research. And I found some people that were leads and cast members that we didn't know, you know, and almost everybody sends the people that have passed away 
and a couple of people that don't do like, you know, technology stuff mm-hmm. attended. And we, it was so many people, we had to do two different interviews. And you ran it beautifully. Thank you. You ran those beautifully. And everyone who participated said, we love Richard Skipper. We have a private Hello Dolly 8283 page. And Richard's a member. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. So next I, Saturday, I, uh, next Sunday is Christmas. Uh, we are going to pre-record something. For yes, we are. Um, I, should I ask if anyone wants to join us to be a part of our pre-recorded message? To I, I would like to ask that those of you who watch the show all the time loyally, would you like for Richard to record something that you have to say about the book or the show? That would be really cool, right? Because yes. we're re- we're pre-recording this, so any of you who enjoy the show or you enjoy the book. And anything you have learned from us or my book, Let That Go, any ways that you have evolved, things you agree with, things you, uh, you're you on the same page about, please let Richard know and we'll do a little snippet and put you in there. It's a holiday. It's a, I call it a holiday collective consciousness encouragement show. And just to let you know, on YouTube, we have the ability of putting it out as a premiere, which yeah. means that we can schedule the time that it will go out. It will go out mm-hmm. automatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means that Cassara and I can be doing our own thing on Christmas Day. Yeah, we're not. We don't have to be live. Yeah, we don't have to be live. Uh, mm-hmm. Danny and I will be with our family. Uh, Danny's uh, cousin that we will be with. Uh, okay. Any of you that want to be on it, and if you've got other uh, friends. Uh, uh, we would just love to have you uh, be a part of this. And what you can do is um, uh, all of you, I will send an email to all of you to let you know when we are going to do the live tape. Uh, I mean, uh, so that you can come on to be a part of it. Um, or well, I think, or maybe they can schedule little bitty times here and there. What do you think? Or you can pre-record on your iPhone, send it yeah. to us, and I can incorporate it into the show. Natasha uh, says yes. Woohoo! Yes. So uh, and probably and probably Doug and probably Aaron as well. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, Aaron's a little under the weather today. So everybody send a little. Uh, uh, oh, Aaron Calib. Okay, I'm talking about Aaron Graylor, but Aaron oh, Calib, please well. feel better, my love. Yes, we please love feel better. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then. Um, you will stick around for a few minutes after we finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got to go peel my potatoes uh, because guess what? Well, well that's to- important. Yes, <laughs> and uh, but everything else is ready to go. So anyway, I love you all, everybody. Love you guys. Thank you, Danielle, love Natasha, you, Sherry. Expectations. We yes. love you all, and we. Will uh, hang on, you. hang on, hang on, hang on, Danielle. Always, Danielle. Always, Danielle. You and I need to have a phone conversation. Joyce Glasgow, showing appreciation and sincere gratitude can feel like enough to feel recognized and respected. I agree with you. I totally agree with you, Joyce. I totally agree with you. That's true. When we, here's the thing. When we light the candle and walk the path, other people can see where they're going. So we show appreciation and that's enough. That, that, when we show someone else appreciation, 
uh, it reverberates back through our bodies and it, it reverberates through our energy. I tell people all day work at, at, at all day at work. Uh, I love you. I love you for doing that. I love you. I tell people all day long how much I love them. And they, they thought first they thought it was weird. And now they're used to it. Alan, happy holidays, my love. Thank you so much, everybody, for participating. It means so much to both of us. And we will see you in two weeks live. Yet I look forward to what we're going to put together for Christmas. It should be really, really fun. Don't you think? Yes. And, and also I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, the new year with everybody. And we have a surprise for you on January 2nd, right, Richard? Yes. Okay. We have a surprise for you on January 2nd. I hope you all attend. It's going to be a huge announcement and we're just going to have fun with it. And we're just going to try to, we're, we're going to, our, our termination is to positively affect the evolution of as many people as we can by letting go of all kinds of things. Yes. That's all I got to say. Okay. Love you, Casera. Bye, everybody. Love you. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.